0: Welcome to everybody, and glad to have you here. And this is an exciting day. This is a very exciting day. And so, for those of you that are watching online as well, so glad to have you with us. I'm Jay, I'm the lead pastor. And um, if you are new with us, we do just want to say welcome. And, um, and we've been talking for the last few weeks uh, about how God is not finished, and that we are not finished uh, as a church, uh, and we're not finished as followers of Jesus, that we are called to do more, and that God wants to do immeasurably more. Um, then we can ask or imagine God wants to continue to use uh, his chosen vehicle, the church, to reach people for him. And it's an exciting thing to know that we are the ones that, uh, that he wants to use because we are called to do more. We are called for more. And our world and our community needs to know that Jesus wants to do more in and through them. And so we've just finished this week of prayer. Um, together as a church, and a 24 hours of prayer that ended at 6 p.m. yesterday. Uh, how many of you participated in the week of prayer and or 24 hours of prayer this week? That's so cool to just look around and see how many people were praying this week, because it's such a powerful thing. As we just sang about the power of the name of Jesus, there is power in prayer, and uh, and to know that the so many of us have been united in prayer behind this vision of, uh, of this more than a building idea in this campaign. is just such a cool thing. And so I want to start uh, with the verse that we've been looking at uh, through the, the last few weeks in Ephesians. And so uh, if you have your Bible, I'm, I'm sure you're familiar with this verse by now as we've been using it a lot. Uh, but I want to start with it because it encapsulates so much everything that we've been looking at, everything that we've been talking about And what I believe God wants to do in and through his church. So here it is in Ephesians chapter 3 verses 20 through 21 says this, Now to him who is able to do immeasurably more than all we ask or imagine according to his power that is at work within us to him be glory in the church and in Christ Jesus throughout all generations forever and ever. Amen. So many things in there that that encapsulate what this building uh, represents and our mission to connect more people to Christ's community and purpose has not changed, will not change. And so today, we will be making our commitments to the Lord, and we will be asking Him to provide. We will be we will have a moment at the end where we're going to uh, come forward and put our commitment cards in uh, in the boxes and ask God to to bless uh, whatever it is that. Uh, That he has put on our hearts to give um, toward him. And it's gonna take Jesus doing immeasurably more. It's gonna take him doing immeasurably more than we can ask or imagine, but it begins with Jesus. It ends with Jesus. But beginning with Jesus, it continues with prayer. Prayer then informs our purpose. And of course, it is then realized through our giving. Through our giving. And we are asking for a miracle. We're asking for a miracle. And it's interesting, I heard this statement uh, a few weeks ago, and it makes so much sense, it's so simple, but it's so true. Every miracle, every miracle starts with a problem. Every miracle starts with a problem. You know, Jesus never showed up with a miracle for an I want for someone throughout Scripture. It it was never a a genie-in-a-bottle kind of thing for Jesus to just show up with an I want. He solved impossible problems and needs for the glory of God. He solved impossible problems and needs for the glory of God, and that's what we're asking for him to do now. And we all have a problem. We are, the biggest problem that we all have is the problem of sin. We all have the problem of sin and not being able to solve that on our own. We can't solve that on our own. We have no ability to make things right between us and God on our own, in and of our own power. That is where Jesus came in. That's where Jesus came in and he sacrificially gave everything for you and for me so that we could repent and through God's grace, we could be saved through faith. And, and that is the good news. No one can brag about that. No one can boast about, about that. We can just boast about Jesus and brag about Jesus and brag about what he did for each and every one of us. And that is the good news that we are passionate about sharing and passionate about sharing with the world, and that is why it is immeasurably more than a building. When we look at it, is it immeasurably more than a building because of what is going to happen on the inside? Every miracle starts with a problem, right? Every miracle starts with a problem. And one of our problems is that we don't have enough room to advance the mission that we feel God's given us, to be able to, to do all of the ministries to the way in which we believe God wants us to do And again, I look at that storage building that's out there and the way that God just dropped that in. That was a problem that we had, paying additional money for storage that we would rather put into ministry, and God literally dropped it in our lap in an amazing way. Yes, we were praying for it, but we sure didn't think it would show up in that way. And so it it was an incredible miracle. That building really is a miracle, that storage building. But the problem is we want to do more ministry. We don't have the room to do it right now, and we currently we just being honest, we don't have enough money in the bank to pay cash for it right this minute. And so I don't want to mis- mince words here. We are praying for a miracle and we are praying for God to do immeasurably more than we can ask or imagine in the area of finances to make this happen if it be his will. If it be his will. And that is an important distinction. If it's his will for this to happen, it will. And that's what this past week of prayer, dedicated, passionate prayer, that's what it was about. That's a lot of what it was about, aligning our hearts with his in terms of what he wants us to be a part of. I hope that this past week was enlightening for you in terms of the Holy Spirit speaking to you and through you and growing you closer to him. I hope that that happened. But you know what? It's not up to us as much as it is up to him because outcomes are God's responsibility and obedience is ours. We get this backwards a lot. Often, just because we're human and, and we're messed up and we don't always think about things the right way and we're selfish. But outcomes are God's responsibility. Obedience is ours. He just calls us to be obedient. And Paul explains this idea to the church in, uh, in Corinth when he taught them about giving in 2 Corinthians chapter 9. And so if you have your Bibles or your Bible app, uh, turn to 2 Corinthians chapter 9 because that's where we're going to be uh, camping out today. Uh, for just a little bit. 2 Corinthians chapter 9. Uh, if you do want to follow along in the Bible app, we're uh, just find Connect Church in Akron, Ohio, and you can follow along there. We're going to beginning, uh, be beginning in verse 6. So verse 6, here's what it says. Remember this. A farmer who plants only a few seeds will get a small crop, but the one who plants generously will get a generous crop. Kind of common sense when you think about it in that way. But the idea is basically this, the more we plant, the more we harvest. The more we plant, the more we harvest. Simple idea, but it's more than a building because it's about planting for the harvest. This idea is wrapped up in the idea of the building. It's about about planting more seeds so that we can harvest, we can fill the streets of heaven. It's about investing now in what will be in the future, but not that far into the future. There are students in our area, there are are kids in our area, there are young adults, there are adults and and everywhere in between in our area that we have an opportunity to make an impact on for the kingdom of God. And so this affords us the ability to plant more so that we can harvest more. And you know, it's a law of sowing and reaping. The law of sowing and reaping, it is an absolute law of God. I don't know if we've thought about that, this verse in, in that way, this idea of sowing and reaping. It's an absolute law of God, just, just as much as gravity or thermodynamics or any of those other things. I don't exactly know how gravity works, I don't know if you do or not, but I do know that if I jump off of this stage and do like this, I will hurt myself because of gravity because I will slam into the ground. And whether I want to be ignorant of gravity or whether I want to believe in gravity or not, gravity believes in me. And so if I jump off, gravity is going to... Be, why? It's a law. It's the law of gravity. It's going to pull me down. It's an absolute. And so when, when we're looking at, at these laws of God, this is an absolute law of God. Give sparingly, reap sparingly. Give generously, Reap generously. It, it, it's right there. And as we know, as we've talked about before, when we give our first to God, because that is what God is, uh, asks us to do, to, to give our first to him, that the rest is blessed. And that the tithe is to be first. The tithe is to be the first 10%, not the leftover 10%. It's, it's to be the first. And that is, uh, that, is, that is a principle of God's word that's there. And it's the order that releases the blessing. It's not the amount too many people get, get you know, sidetracked with, with the amount versus that. No, it's the order in which we are giving to God. Are we really putting him first, or are we giving him our leftovers? And the law of sowing and reaping says that if we're giving God our leftovers, that all we're going to receive is the leftovers. But this is not talking about that. What we're not talking about today is tithing. Not really. The principles still apply. This is really about generosity. This is talking about over and above, over and above. Last week, I talked about investing in the lives of people and that that is what matters the most because people matter the most to God. And so if we're investing in people, then we're investing in what matters most to God and and we should want to be a part of that as followers of Jesus. Let's keep going. 2 Corinthians 9 verse 7 says, "'You must each decide in your own heart how much to give.'" And don't give reluctantly or in response to pressure for God loves a person who gives cheerfully. And I love this verse because it even addresses some of the objections with giving in terms of don't give reluctantly or in response to pressure. That's not what this is. That's not what this is. But I also love the idea of, of giving cheerfully as it says there. I don't know if you uh, are aware. The word cheerfully there, uh, I don't speak Greek. This was written in Greek. And the word that is is used there is uh, i'll do my best to pronounce it but i'm gonna jack it up it's hil hilaros h-i-l-a-r-o-s we get the word hilarious from that from the word that was used for cheerfully here now granted hilarious isn't isn't that that's kind of funny um it wasn't really used in that way um Back then, we, we haven't used the because we think hilarious and we think of something that's you know really funny like if I did face plan off the end of this that would be hilarious, um, but the, it really has has a meaning of like merry and joyful and 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 gracious and so giving shouldn't be a pain. We didn't start using it as, as hilarious the way we know it until the nineteenth century. So giving shouldn't be a pain. Giving should be a party and. In a manner of speaking, in, in the way in which Paul is describing this here, it should really be a party. And, and giving, giving reveals the purposes in our heart. Giving really does reveal the purposes in our heart. If we say we love the Lord, and we love the Lord more than this, or more than that, or more than our hobbies, or more than our, our wants and our needs, and, and we truly say that, but we spend all of our money on whatever, you fill in the blank there, and we don't give to the Lord's work as we should, then the way that we spend our money is really showing the purposes of our own heart more accurately than our words do. We can say whatever we want, but my actions really prove what I believe in my heart and really show my purposes. But it also reflects our trust in the Lord or our lack of trust in the Lord. Keep going. Verse 8 says, and God will generously provide all you need. Then you will always have everything you need and plenty left over to share with others. See, the generosity even continues into you give so you can give more and you can share with others. We are selfish. We are selfish by nature uh, and often. We think the worst of of any given situation, a lot of times, especially when it comes to finances. We are skeptical, and we wonder, and some of that is justified, some of that is rightfully so. I'm not saying, and God's not saying, caution to the wind or anything along those lines. But at the same time, the enemy has a way of making us doubt, and has a way of making us doubt maybe what God is clearly showing us. And the fact of the matter is we never lose when we give to God. When we're giving to God in the right heart and from the right perspective for the right reasons and we can trust what is being done there, we never lose because it's about the heart. And when we give to God, we are growing in our faith because we're being obedient. Nothing will grow you in your faith more than just being obedient. It's one of those simple it's one of those simple facts of, of your relationship with God, just being obedient, in, in and that, that crosses many, many things. But just being obedient to God is one of the, one of the simplest ways. It's a fundamental of, of following God and growing in your faith. And, it, and it's not about the amount. It's about the heart. It's about the heart behind it. Remember, we said outcomes are God's responsibility, and obedience is ours. Obedience is ours, and that is a biblical principle that you are going to find in Scripture over and over again, and actually, Paul talks about that in these next two verses that we're going to look at. verse 10, says this, for God is the one who provides seed for the farmer and then bread to eat. In the same way, he will provide and increase your resources and then produce a great harvest of generosity in you. Yes, you will be enriched in every way so that you can always be generous. And when we take your gifts to those who need them, they will thank God. See, the glory, the glory goes to God. They will thank God. See, giving should be motivated by the purposes of our heart. If the purposes in our heart are kingdom purposes, our giving will be motivated in that regard. It should never be coerced. It should never be manipulated. A lot of times it's, it's looked at that way. And quite frankly, that has happened. We've all seen it happen. We've seen the news stories and the stuff on Facebook and all that junk. We've seen those stories where it's been coerced and manipulated. That's not what this is. We should give because we want to give because God has put it in our own heart to give and our purposes are motivated by kingdom work and by growing the kingdom. And that is the difference between being motivated by the what's in it for me mentality or by trusting that you will be blessed by God for being generous and investing in his kingdom. We do, we go to the what's in it for me uh, mentality quite often, but that shouldn't be our motivation. We will be blessed by God for being generous and by investing in his kingdom. There's a quote by uh, Winston Churchill that you may have seen before, you may not have, but I found this and it makes so much sense in light of what we're talking about. It said, we make a living by what we get, and we make a life by what we give. Make a life by what we give. Think about that. And you know, this isn't exclusively for finances either. This statement and, and this idea of generosity, its not, yeah, that's a lot of what we're talking about today, but that's, it's not exclusive to that. This, this, this statement, it's a biblical principle. What Paul's talking about here and, and even what this statement is encompassing, it's a biblical principle that's really a blanket that covers all of what we do and all of who we are. We should be generous people as followers of Christ. And I can tell you, based on what we've read in God's word, what you've read in God's word, that the principle behind the statement, when it does come to finances, though, it's it's right on the button. It's right on the button, and, and I'll tell you why. I'll tell you why I can say that. Four reasons. Four things. The first, his promises to us. His promises to us over and over again in Scripture. We find the promises of God to us. And those promises, all of them say, don't test God. Trust in his promises. They all say, don't test me. Trust in his promises, except, except one. And that's when it comes to giving. That's when it comes to giving. Actually, it's in Malachi chapter 3, verse 11, if you want to look it up. God says, test me in this and see what I can do. He stops just short of saying, I double-dog dare you. Test me and see what I do. This is the only, do you realize that's literally the only thing in the Bible that God says test me on it? It's the only one. Everything else he says, you need, to, you need to just trust me on this. And we do need to just trust him on this one as well. But he even says, if you don't, fine, test me. See what I can do. His promises to us, we can take to the bank, pun intended. <laughs> His promises to us are crystal clear, and we can trust in those. Next is his purpose for us. His purpose for us. His purposes for us are are kingdom purposes, eternity with him, and taking as many people to heaven with us as we can. That is our purpose. That is our purpose as, as, as the church is to take as many people to heaven with us as we can. And when we invest in heaven, we invest in the, in the coming kingdom of God, that is where our hearts will be as well. If we invest in the coming kingdom of God, that is where our hearts will be as well. Our treasure, your treasure is where you invest, right? If your treasures are, are your sports cars, if your treasures are your, uh, your hobbies, if your treasures are your this or your that, then that's where your heart is going to be. His purpose for us is greater than that. His purpose for us is to be a part of something that lasts forever. Life change in somebody that lasts forever. That's an incredible, amazing thing to be part of and to see the fruits of that go well beyond, well beyond anything monetary that you will receive back. I can tell you that from personal experience. I mean, Mikey up here, you know, JL that's going to be joining him up here and and some others that are sprinkled throughout here just to see. I mean, you want to talk about stories of people where God's purpose has paid off in terms of the investment. I've seen it over and over and over again, and we're going to see it more and more and more again with some of your kids and some kids and people and students that haven't even darkened the doors of here yet because we will have a space that's available to make that happen. And that's just student ministries. We're talking even more than that. We're talking young adults, we're talking kids, we're talking adults of all ages for the different kinds of things that are gonna be able to happen because of the purpose that God has for us as the church. Next, his process in us. His process in us. God is a giver. And maybe you don't think about it that way, but I'm telling you, you need to because God is a giver. He is a giver way more than we even Think about it. Because when he gives grace, and when he gives grace to, to you and I, he doesn't reluctantly give grace. He's not sitting there with his fingers clenched and going, I'll give you a little bit like that. He's not, he's not doing that. You don't have to pry his fingers open for him to give abundantly to you and to me. His nail-pierced hands that prove how much of a giver he is are open for you and for me. He gives so much more than, than we even think about. And he finds joy in giving. He loves to give to his children. He loves to give to you and to me. And he wants us to be like him. He wants us to be like him in finding joy in giving. And then fourth is his presence. His presence with us. You know, God gave us Jesus, and that would be enough that would be enough. His presence with us. He, he also left us the advocate, the Holy Spirit, that I pray and ask for him to be a part of. He is, he is here with us now. The Holy Spirit is with us now, according to Scripture. The, the Holy Spirit is here moving right now. I 100% believe that. It's something I pray for every single week before this service starts, for the Spirit of God to just move across this building and in and through this room. But you know what? If that was it, If all we had was Jesus, it would be enough. His presence with us is something that you can't put your finger on, something that you can't describe, and something that you know is there at just the right time. See, it's all about him. It is all for him. It's all because of him, and it's all through him so that he can do immeasurably more. Immeasurably more. And I believe his purpose for our church and for this community is for us to do immeasurably more. So our connection point for the day is that God will use your generosity to make immeasurably more possible. That's what he wants to do. He, he wants to use your generosity and mine to make immeasurably more possible. He could do it any way that he wants. He chooses to use us is the church. And so here's a question for you. Will you let God use your generosity to do immeasurably more? Will you let God use your generosity to do immeasurably more? He can and he will because his promises to us, his purpose for us, his his process in us and his presence that is with us. We know his presence is here. I know he's here with us. I want you to just imagine for a second. Just shut your eyes for a quick second and imagine the amazing things, the life change, that you and I get the chance to be a part of, even if it's just a few dollars of investment. It's not the amount, it's the heart. Imagine what God is going to do. Imagine the lives that are gonna be changed for eternity and think about this he can do immeasurably more than what you're imagining right now and I believe he will.